Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. We are the pillar and the ground of the truth. Truly, the Lord is worthy to be praised this morning. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Amen. We're going to um, begin a new series of studies, and we're going to kind of bounce back and forth between the current teaching and um, the, this teaching, because I want to, in, even in my um, <clears throat> focus and, and, and believe it or not, these teachings go parallel with each other um, in an abstract sense. Um, <laughs> they go parallel with each other. They don't conflict. This one is a little more foundational, but I believe when the way we the way we go about this will will uh help you really it will be a great complement to the teachings that we have we have progressed to in in my studies and then um in teachings to come. We have other teachers now that can really kind of supplement some of the things, but this is an essential. This is what I consider foundational for me. So um, I think this is good. I know that I was not taught this properly uh, until the Holy Spirit reminded me of of of, of this, and 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 I shouldn't say I wasn't taught it because eventually I was taught it by the Holy Ghost. Uh, but I know that this can be a distortion. Um, in many people's lives, and so I think today we're going to begin a journey that's going to um, um, help us um, help us tremendously. Amen. All right. So, get your notebooks out and. And you might need, you know what I would say. Don't put, if if you're taking notes on my series, uh, and I, I ask you to take notes. You know, um, not that you necessarily have to. I mean, some people got it like that, but you can go back and actually outline the the lessons and really have a good foundation for your faith to be able to explain some things, and at least go to the scriptures that that are generally accepted as doctrine. Okay, because that's what I can, I really try my hardest. I, I don't try, but I really um, make a, um, oh, my God, yes, praise God. Um, I really um, make it a point to um, restrict myself to the doctrine of Scripture. And um, I want to. And I want to make certain that we, um, in my teachings, really give a solid foundation in the Word. So this this teaching is key. If you ever, if, matter of fact, if you want a foundation notebook, you know, just get a foundation. This is the first subject of foundation. This should be the first subject of foundation. And I have not um, heard it. I've heard this teaching. I've heard it from the Holy Ghost, I've heard it from on high, and I've heard it from uh, people, but I haven't heard it spelled out like I'm going to spell it out uh, 
in this lesson by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that's just what God has, uh, that's what God has purposed me to do. You know, I'm not out here uh, trying to compete with my brothers and sisters out here that are preaching. Um, uh, Because I've been out, one, I've been out here too long to do that, but um. But the other reason is we got a big work to do, and everybody needs to do their part. This is just my part. And part of my part is to show the house to the house. And this is uh, this is a true, uh, yeah, uh, this is a true uh, revelation, I believe, on what we need and what we're dealing with today. So that's one of the reasons why I'm teaching it. And and I felt it's so important to add another series on. You know, as you get older, your job is not to – when you first start preaching, you, your job is to convince people that you can preach because then it, it, what, what you're doing subconsciously is saying, I have a voice, I have something to say. But when you've been when you've been saying stuff for the last, like, just like 12 years on here, but I've been saying stuff for the last 34 years, that ambition – and that desire goes out the door. You really just want to make certain that you you saying what does say the Lord for real, you know. And so, uh, and that's a that's a big difference because the way the Lord speaks and the way you speak is totally different. And then the way you go about things, what what's on God's agenda and what's on yours is two different things. And of course, there's some things I want you to know. There and 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 those of my friends and those of people who know me. No, I have a whole lot more than I ever give out. You you get what I'm saying, but there's a there's a lot that I want to want to give out to you, but that don't mean that I should. Do you get what I'm saying? And so this is one of those ones that we're going to go through, and and I'm going to be done by 45. So in like one minute, I'm gonna pray, and then by by nine, we're gonna we're gonna have about a good 40 minute teaching. That's going to change your life. I just believe God to do so. Amen. So let's pray. Get your notebooks out. You know, you know. Um, I, I I often get tickled when I first start teaching stuff like this because because I understand where I'm going. <laughs> and um, and um, in this particular teaching, this is one of them them ones that um, I've been sitting on for a couple of years. That I want to release, and we're going to uh, do this very methodically. And this is actually going to be, uh, this has um, already been written in book form for, from me. So I'm, um, so I'm excited to be able to share with you um, this new series, and it's entitled Justification. Justification, and our division one is Justification by the Book. Okay, and so we're going to go. What are we going to go through when we talk about by the book? The word, but we're gonna we're gonna really stand up because we're gonna answer one question. Um, uh, there's a there's a thread in scripture and there's a verse that just kind of sticks out. And we read it the other week in our last series, but we're gonna we're gonna bring emphasis to it, and we're gonna ask how it's done, how it's done. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you and and praise you, and we magnify your holy name because one, you're worthy to be praised. Again, from the rising of the sun to the going of the same, your name is to be praised. And because we praise you and we give you glory, we delight in your truth, and we know that the truth makes us free as a result of your word. And so today, 
we lean to the Holy Spirit, who is the educator, who is the guide that gives us articulation of speech and deliberation of thought to make manifold known your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We lean to that Holy Spirit that gives us that, and we trust him to do what he can do, anoint people's ears to hear what you have to say to the church. Father, everything that shall be accomplished and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified in the name of the Lord Jesus. For we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> you know, Hebrews is the law book of of life and and faith. And uh, it, it, is, it is Hebrews that gives us, uh, this this says, has been uh, this has been one of those debates of who wrote it. That's how good the legal case is, because because there are some indications that Paul might have been an influence in it. But then there's some other things that they feel is even more superior than Paul's writing. And so uh, I I tend to I tend to lean to that that understanding a little more that this is someone who was probably a counterpart of Paul. Or, or 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 this was a collective book of of people who was in the same vein because they go a little beyond what what Paul would normally preach. And of course, you know Paul's message was very sim- simple: God is not only saving the Jews, <laughs> and um and 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 then the Hebrew writer. Brings it all together. Now, Paul might have done this at, in his latter age when he was expounding on the kingdom of God, um, but this this particular book is not a kingdom book. It's a doctrine book. It's a legal. It's, it goes back to the very origin of why we do what we do, why we believe, why we're saved, how it happened, how it was achieved, and so you need to look at the book. If you like, I I've done this. Three times on this on this platform, in in various series, I've taken every verse, every first verse, and given the the doctrine of life, basically, from chapter one. Uh, okay, I'll do a few. I I just go ahead and do it. I, I didn't want to, but this is not my notes. So, but I, I I'll explain. This is one of the only books. That if you just read the first verse of each one, you would get a a thought or a one thought or one message. Do you get what I'm saying? So it, what is good about this particular person, they were led by the Holy Spirit because they couldn't do this in their own natural intellect. And that is take the first point of every subject that they were going to cover and make one story. Now we see this also. This, we see this done prophetically in the book of Isaiah, because Isaiah has sixty-six books. It has one message, and you can almost take each, the first verse of each book in Isaiah, and make one story. And the story presents at the end and resolves that Jesus is coming to save us. It doesn't say Jesus, but it says His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. So in other words, it just gives you the whole theology of who Jesus is and what he came to do. But in Hebrews, it, it does that same thing. 
and I'm just going to do a few chapters, but it, it does it in every chapter. You can look at the first verse of every uh, chapter in the book of Hebrews and get one message, one clear message. So, like, let's read the first four. God who in some, and I'm just going to read the first four chapters and the first verse, and I'm not going to read nothing else but the first verse, and you'll see one story. God who in sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, and I'll go to verse 2 for that for the sake of just it's not finished, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, who has appointed, he has appointed heir of all things. That's the end of the statement, by whom we are, um, he also made the world. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, least at any time we should let them slip. Chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. All right. Then chapter 4, verse verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us, entering into his rest, still talking about Jesus, any of you should seem to come short of it. And then verse 5, chapter 1. I mean, we keep going. For every high priest, he's still talking about Jesus, taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Ain't that a beautiful story? You still know he's talking about Jesus. 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Let's go to chapter 7. For Melchizedek, king of Salem, it goes in the Old Testament, priest most of what is still talking about the priesthood of the Most High God, whom Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. It's talking about a relationship with Abraham. Now let's go to chapter 8, verse 1. Now, the, of the things which we have spoken of, this is the psalm. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, the, uh, a minister, and we can read verse 2, a minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, and not of man. Verse Chapter 9, verse 1. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. And, and of course, verse 2 helps in this one. For there was a tabernacle, the first, where it was, whether you read that or not, but you understand there was a worldly sanctuary. The first covenant also had ordinances of a divine service and a worldly sanctuary. So they said that the first one is of the world. But this is one story, chapter 10. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the thing can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers un- there unto perfect. Chapter eleven, verse one. So y'all see it? That's just, this, uh, this is this a survey of of the scripture, and in one verse, and in some in two references, uh, two chapters. You need to finish the sentence in order for it to make complete sense. But in all of them, you can get one story out of the whole book. Through the first verse No one can do that but the Holy Ghost Do y'all get my point It says now faith is the subject Now of course it says listen It had a shadow of good things to come But now it gives you what it is the good things to come Now faith is the substance of things hopeful 
and the evidence of things not seen. Oh, I, you know I'm going somewhere with this teaching, so don't think that just my little uh, bunny trail is actually a bunny trail. It's actually a setup. Chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore seeing, now this says, now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen in chapter 11. And it says there in chapter 12, wherefore seeing we also can pass about a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Chapter 13, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful, entertain strangers, for thereby have Thereby some have obtained entertained angels unaware. Chapter, and do y'all get what I'm saying? And then we go into James chapter one. Do y'all get my point? All right. Now, I read for you every chapter in the book of Hebrews. We're going to go to chapter twelve and um, and get our foundation. Uh, but I read you. This is an example in the, and why you can look at Hebrews as the doctrine for living. Because there's just there's just a way that it explains the 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 eternal story or the big picture. It's a way that explains the the big picture that even in the first verse you can get what you're supposed to get out of this whole experience called salvation. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? It says, look, God in times past worked through a whole bunch of people. Now He's working through Jesus, and then it proves Jesus and how how we went from one phase of Accepting Jesus outside of him to now even by the spirit and by faith, we are able not only to to have peace with God, but to lay aside everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and love one another. Do you hear what I'm saying? And ultimately, that is that is the purpose in which we exist. God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. So this is the this is the agenda of the ages. And if you want to get a, a grasp of what the agenda for the ages is, you want to look at this particular book to help explain what it means to, to ultimately be saved and live the life of faith. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? So this is why we're studying this because <coughs> we are taking <coughs> We are taking a word called justification. The word justification and 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 making sense of it, why it is important. And our first question comes from the chap chapter twelve, and it's one verse. You know, we've been talking about the church, but I think Um, I think that um, we've been talking about the church, but I think that we need to look at really because a lot of times people go to church, they don't even know why they go. Now, now that's one of the things they don't know why they go, and then they don't know why they, and then they're not getting what they're going there for. You get what I'm saying? And one of the things I told you, if you're going to experience triumph in life. There's, there's two things that you have to do. You've got to return to the origins of why things exist. And then secondly, you cannot be in offense. And the only way you cannot be is you've got to be able to overcome. You got to, to see, triumph means that you, you are tenaciously in, uh, and aggressively um, 
you are tenaciously and aggressively overcoming obstacles in your life. So this 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 triumph, we got to go. We got battles that we're dealing with. We got to be able to shake these battles and overcome. Shake these battles off and overcome them. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So now, chapter twelve. I got to get to this one verse which provoked me to to write this book on justification. All right. Now, let's go to this verse. Verse twenty-three. Now, I don't. I, I hate doing that, but I I, I want to do it for the sake of. I hate just going to one verse, and, but I want I don't want you to be overloaded in what what why I came for. We have a cloud of witnesses. It, it started off with that, right? <clears throat> but I want you to understand the resolve is because we're the church, right? And that's what it says. Let's go to verse 22. But ye are come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and an innumerable company of angels. This is not earthly. To the general assembly and the ch- and church of the firstborn. That's Jesus, right? Which is written in heaven. Which is written in heaven. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you to pay attention to the words that I'm using. Now, if you don't, if you, if now if we talk about, and let me say this. This is not no elementary school class. We are not insulting your intelligence by telling you Jesus loves me. This is not that type of class. This is something that's to, is to provoke you to think. I have taken time and and, and a plenty of time to you and to be to be a very sophisticated with the usage of words. Part of me going to school was to learn how to become effective in communicating words that would bring out a point that would get the message which I've had in my heart to come out. So I am not manipulating. This is what preachers have. We have done a horrible job of making it seem like something that is that is loaded is simplistic, because we really are not seeking to see that people get a transformed perspective. We're really just seeing to it that we get our bills paid and that that money come in. But listen, I don't get no check for this. I don't get no check for waking up early in the morning. This is this is God's agenda and God's assignment for me to do. So there's no you can't manipulate me to teach this word. So I'm going to we're going we're going to talk like we grown ups and like we know the word. And then those that don't, you keep listening. Okay? Cuz I I'm, I'm going to even though I said this is foundational, this is not simplistic. But I want you to understand that every word that that we're reading, when I tell you to turn to a a passage, and I'm not telling you what to do, I'm just saying when when we go to a passage, I want you to pay attention to what is being said, and that's why I use the King James Version, because King James forces you to translate. What is translating? Find the meaning behind what it said and why it said. And I really don't do that. It was written by a Satanist, and they took out 45 verses. English translation is a dumb version. Anyway, I ain't going to go there. I mean, everybody want to stupefy the scripture. The message translation is whatever message that person wanted to write. Right. So all of these translations is giving you somebody else's objective. King James Version, 
one of the original ones, of course, you know, I like it like that. I'm I'm a promoter of that, but I'm not saying it's the best translation because it's a translation too. And, of course, the authority was to be approved by the king, so I kind of like that a little bit. Now, you know, King James was a homosexual, so I don't know if you got to take it or leave it, take the meats without the bones. Praise God. <laughs> I don't know what to say on that one, but praise him. Anyway, it's a good translation. There was another translation before the King James translation called the Bishop's Translation. And before that, there was the, the original writing. So we got to we got to have we got to have. Um, if you really want to know the truth, we really thank God for the Word, and that's what we're talking about. But I want you to understand, the Scripture says, "Listen, it says to the general assembly and to the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, to ju- the Judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect." And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkling, or to and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better than the things that are able. Now, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Okay. Now, my my first division. Thank you. Is my first division is just men made perfect. How's it done? Now, we talk about justification. Really, we want to see how just the perfect men, who are they? And and how are they made just? Okay? How is it done? Just men made perfect. How is it done? Because this is, a, this is, this is what God calls the assembly that is somehow on earth and in heaven. That <clears throat> verse 17 validates this For ye know how that afterwards When he would have inherited the blessing He was rejected and found No place of repentance Though he sought it carefully with tears What is he talking about Abe, um, Esau Right Who um, sold his birthright So we, we're talking about Really redemption and our, our access That's why I told you I didn't want to go all up into that Because I can get into a whole Whole bunch of subjects. But ye are not coming to the mount. Who is he talking about? Those who read this. But ye are not come to the mount that ye might be touched and that burn with fire, nor unto blackness or the darkness or the tempest and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the words, which the voice of him that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned. Or thrust into it. They're talking about the tabernacle. So and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, "I exceedingly fear and quake." But ye have come into the Zion, into the city of the living God, a heavenly Jerusalem, and an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and to the church of the firstborn. And this is our part one, division one, which is written in heavens, and to God, the Judge of all. That's division two. And the spirit of just men are made perfect. This is how it's done. That's a reason. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkling of blood that speaketh of better things than, than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. So <coughs> when God gave me a beautiful revelation on justification, he gave it to me in three, in three phases. 
one justification by the book. And this is why when we go to translate how just men are made perfect. And then justification by the blood. He said, and, and that's in verse 24, and Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant, the blood sprinkling that speaketh better things than of Abel. The blood is speaking. And see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. What is speaking? The blood. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about all the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And by that time, we're going to get so fired up about the blood, we might call everything blood and paint everything red. Hallelujah. You know, red and black are my favorite colors anyway, but but um, that might be just exciting. Amen. And then the justification by faith, which is a review of the concept as a whole. So that's what we mean by justification. That's how we're going to go. And I want to start off by giving you some good information on justification. We're going to be done in a few minutes. So uh, we've covered a lot. Now, listen. The Bible teaches us not to, to, to beware, at least anyone spoil us through vain philosophy and not after Christ. Philosophy is, is a system of thinking which, gives, which, which provokes us to comply through discipline. And so what people are doing all the time, they're throwing stuff at you to get you to believe certain things. But until you, you become the architect of what you believe, you're going to always be submitted to somebody else's thinking. And that's too much power to give anybody outside of God and his spirit. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> outside of God. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> you don't want to give nobody the power to, to, to find how you live your life. It is God that justifies. So we want to talk about that. But listen, here's why we opened up with justification by the book. You wouldn't have known that you were justified unless the book told you. So so we're going to find out what that means, but then we need to appreciate the word of God that was given to us so that we can know the things which are freely given of, us, of God. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And that's what, what it's all about. I, we just recently are dealing with um, just the saints and stuff and fellowship and studying the word of God and one of the things that I think was just really just not done correctly is we do this thing where we let people run to the altar and because they have some type of emotion, they claim that they're saved. And it's not right. And, and this is why I say it's not right. This is one of the reasons why I say it's not right. It's because um, we the, the Bible says conversion happens through a process. After you are converted, you can strengthen someone. But a lot of times, because people have acknowledged, they confuse their acknowledgement of salvation as as the act uh, as as the actualization of salvation, and it's not. You got to work out your salvation. I, and, and I know we we got these people. You know, that once and for all, Jesus did it. So I, I confess it. Even that law of confession, the Bible says in Romans ten, it says through faith. It says. Well, let's go there. Romans ten, and then we'll we'll and and here here's the I always told y'all New Testament three books. If you ever want to learn doctrine, you ever want to learn disciplines, you want to learn dynamics around why you believe what you believe. There's three books that you need to read: the Book of Ephesians, the Book of Romans, and the Book of Hebrews. If you want to 
enhance those two perspectives, and you want to look in Colossians and Peter, you can also insert in those two. Peter being the fact that he was the given the, the first commission of the church to be the head of the church. And and upon this rock I build my church. So he was the foundation for which the church was built, the revelation that he possessed. The revelation was who Jesus really was. So our identity as a church is based on who Jesus really is. But not only who he really is, Paul then inserts what he did. He didn't come just to save a, a culture or a race. He came to seek and save the loss of the world. And he said, I have sheep that are not of this fold. You get what I'm saying? But this process, this 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 word justification shows you how it's done, and that's what we're going to talk about in the next few lessons. Amen. And I'm, my goal is to get this done in about ten lessons. I don't think it's possible, but I think we'll get through it. Amen. I believe you're going to get an appreciation of history. So this is going to be like a college course. You know, there's 12 weeks in the course. And we're gonna we're gonna take about twelve weeks, really. When I say ten, I really mean twelve. If I say twelve, I really mean twenty-one. <laughs> so, so you don't want me to say, but I think we should be able to get this done in about ten weeks, ten twelve weeks. Praise the Lord, and Hallelujah. So, we're gonna get into this word now. Just men made perfect. Justification by the book. What does this mean? Justification. And let's and, and let's read this. Our foundation was in chapter uh, Hebrews chapter twelve, verses twenty three to twenty four. It talks about a world uh, um, uh, that we have a cloud of witnesses that are looking on us to see. They're, they're looking to see that we got the things that they died for, and they're they're, they're rejoicing in the heavens, saying, "You can do it." We died for this. We died so that you can get this. God placed love in the heart, and when a person is truly converted, they get that same love that caused Jesus to be motivated to seek and save the lost. And that love in our heart provokes us to be who we have been called to be by God, to do what God has called us to do, and to do it in confidence, even if it causes, causes us our grace. And so anybody that you know that's a hero and is successful, or somebody that really impacted your life, you saw an uncommon love that they had with either yourself or somebody else. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that's what what motivates us, and that's what the book resolves in Hebrews. But in, in, in Romans 10, it tells you about salvation. And, of course, justification explains how we got saved. That's in a nutshell, it really explains how we got saved. And until you have... Until you have confidence in knowing that you saved, everything else is shaky. <clears throat> but listen, Romans 10, 10, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto. It didn't say it made salvation. It said it was made unto. It made unto salvation indicates that there's a process to it. But what does the scripture say? Wait a minute. Justification by the book. In other words, your confession don't mean nothing if it's not backed by something that affirms it. What affirms the process of our salvation is not our confession. It's what has been covenanted, what has been um, what has been attributed as the word of God. Now, why am I saying this? Justification by the book. 
the book is what introduces us to what gives us the right to have confidence in why we say we saved. Do you get what I'm saying? So what the scripture what the for the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now why are people so shaky because they run to off and they didn't do it by the book? They didn't learn that the book is what makes you saved. The book is what tells you what, what validates your salvation. The book, if you can't believe what is written, you won't believe what's perceived. You got to go by the book. The book is what introduces us to God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God, and the word was with God, the scripture says. And as many as received him, what did they receive? They received the word. To them gave he the power to become sons of God. John. Y'all know what I'm talking about, John. So so again, the book is what it says what for the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. What said it? The scripture. The scripture says it. And I love the way the scripture opens up in Romans 10. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? For I bear record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Now, what, what's, what's happening is people want to, they, they really believe, people really believe you can be saved without the Bible. Now, God can do anything but fail. So I'm not coming to get God's ability, uh, ability to, because God spoke to Abraham. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, he did. I felt my old school preaching coming on. But Abraham was led back to the word that was already declared over his life. Oh, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Because I'm going to feel that. I feel that preaching bubble, and I'll preach the rest of this lesson. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm old school, so I like that old. You know, when back in the day, preaching, there was two reasons why we hoop and, and hum. The humming was a nervous a nervous releaser. So when people back in the day, and they were old, and they were black, because it's a black custom, it's a black cultural thing, um, when they would want to speak with authority, they would raise it almost like it was a song, but to make a distinction from singing to preaching, they would just, they would, they would rattle their voice versus singing. So they would, they would say, speak loud and spare not. I'm giving you all some old school wit. Okay, so back in the day, you would hear the old preachers say, and God said in his word, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. But what they were doing, what they were doing was letting you know they're not just speaking on their behalf. It's a difference in their talk. You get what I'm saying? Oh, Lord God, I feel excited about that. I saw my old history. I saw all the black and white pictures of the Negro preachers back in the day just standing up. I could see in the heavenlies, they standing up, yes, son, saying. We weren't just humming just to be. They were They were using that, that sound to let you know that they had something they were carrying. And they weren't just saying, they weren't just making a sound. They were, they were saying what I, say, what I was saying had substance. And the source of that was the Bible. So when they would read the Bible, they would read with authority. 
they would speak it differently so you knew that they weren't just talking like they were talking casually. And that's why when you preach and you proclaim, you don't just talk it like you have in a anyway, conversation because it's what you're carrying, it's what you're saying, what you're declaring is not your own testament. It's as if, the you know, the mailman, you know, when the mailman comes to the door, you don't expect him to be wearing jeans. Lord have mercy. Let's, let's teach because some of y'all go to these stupid churches. Y'all got pastors up there that don't know what they're doing, why they up there doing it. And, and and as a result, you you got the result of that, nothing. You don't know nothing, not being nothing. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't say no names, so if you get mad at that, you got mad at the truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I ain't say no names, so I ain't even tell. I ain't say it was your pastor, so if it wasn't yours, don't apply. Hey, keep it moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, what happens is you can't be... Uh, following other people's Lord have mercy I'm over time Jesus Anyway Oh Lord I'm going I'm I'm to rush through this part In a, in a second Take a deep breath And let's get to the point The point of, of was to Understand that your salvation And it, the explanation of your salvation Cannot be found on somebody's interpretation Personal interpretation Or philosophy Because then you subject your authority To whatever they say not what God's words say. We have we we have justification uh, first according to the book because the scripture says it. That we won't be ashamed because what we found in the scripture is that confession by mouth and belief uh, in the heart produces a salvation that doesn't make us ashamed. So we don't need somebody else to tell us we need to be saved. The word said it, and if the word said it, it was enough. And because the word of God said it, we don't lean to vain philosophies because in philosophies, there's deception. In philosophies, there's tradition. And in philosophies, there are systems that might not be originated from the heart and the mind of God. But we believe by the word of God, by God's word himself, which he's revealed, preserved and passed down from generation to generation, collected and combined to be translated and to be and communicated amongst us as the standard for living, as the way, the truth, and the life. Though that word, that word will provide us the confidence needed to say, I'm saved and I know I'm saved because God's word said it. Whether I believe it or not, I know we say if God said it, if, if, if the word said it, I believe it, and that's it. No, if the word said it, it was so. Whether I believe it or not was a whole nother story. And hopefully I get to the point where I believe it so that I can achieve it. But if the, if I don't believe it, it don't change what the word says. How did you say Because the word came from God. Glory to God. Just men are made perfect. How is it done? It's done by being justified by the book. Justification is the alterations of our salvation provided by Christ to atone sins, adapt us to righteousness, and align us with the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It reviews what it took and what occurred when we accepted by faith the finished work of Christ. Justification is a look at the actions committed to guarantee our confidence in Christ's ability to convert the sinner to a son through faith, to the removal of sin. So the removal of sin is key to receiving the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to live the Christian life. 
Satan is always suggesting to the believer and to new believers that they cannot really be saved. And when this occurs, it's because they really can't prove by themselves what really makes them right before God. So when we look at these scriptures, we are saying that all uh, we are we are are seeking to find God as to um, find God, and how do we find Him through His Word? I always tell you, there are five ways that God communicates to us in life. First, through Scripture. Did y'all hear what I said? The strongest voice of God is the what? The written word of God. Why? Because you don't need anybody to tell you what the word says. All you got to do is pick up the book and what? Read it for yourself. Strongest voice is the written. And then he speaks to us through what? Situation. Right? Because there are some things that we can perceive when it's, when it's happening. That we ain't nobody, nobody has to tell you. Right? Uh, when when the circumstances don't work out in your favor, you know that's God speaking. You say, this didn't work. So, yeah, there's some things that God speaks to us through the situation. But then there's also uh, suggestions to sanctify others, seniors in the faith. All right? So there's ways that God speaks to us. And, and what we're saying is we stick first to the scripture. When you don't know what you what you should know, stick to the source. The source of the scripture. You get what I'm saying? The scripture tells us in in uh, in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. In Romans one seventeen, it says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So so remember, I told you just a second ago. That justification seeks to affirm what what atones sins and adapts us to righteousness. So it is a, 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 a in depth discussion on righteousness. But we understand this Romans eight thirty three said it is God that justifies. So we understand that God justifies that 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 the righteousness of God what He has that makes us righteousness. Is revealed from faith to faith In other words it's a process of faith That reveals to us How to be made right before So you want, if you want to know how to be right with God Learn faith And then We understand without faith It's impossible to please God Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is And that he's a reward of them That diligently seek him Do you get my point So listen That means you you can't be you can't please God if you don't have faith. And you can't until you engage into the quest of faith, you'll never be able to please God. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you got to have reverence for the word of God. If you want to understand why things are not working out in your salvation, it's because you avoid to understand the word first. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't have respect for God's word, you definitely won't have respect for God's impressions. If you don't believe what he says, you're not going to believe he's going to be able to do what he says he's going to do. So when there's when there's questions in, what, in why you're believing, 
certain things and it's not really affirmed, it's because you don't know the word. You don't know what, what it says in the word to get you. All right? Now, the, the route of foundation for this is found in Psalms 32, verse 2. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all know what Psalm 32, uh, verse 2 implies? Blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no iniquity, in whom his spirit there is no deceit. You don't deceive yourself. Why? Because the word abides in you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hebrews 11.6 is number 2. Romans chapter 10 is the other foundational scripture. And, 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 and this is where we went um, to review. But we need to go down a little bit in chapter 10. We started it in verse 11, but, you know, let's see. Let's go to verse 3 of chapter 10. It says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And I told you Christ wasn't Jesus' last name, but it was the Holy Ghost, right? So the Holy Spirit is the end of the law, is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does those things shall live by them. This is why you got to be careful what you, what, what you apply to your life. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, or come from this perspective. It says, Say not in thine heart, who shall go up to heaven, a sin, that is to bring Christ down from above. I mean, you know, that's, they're looking for the Holy Spirit to descend. Or, or who shall descend into the deep, a sin or descend, that is to bring Christ down again from the dead. Because a lot of times what people want to do is 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 control how the Holy Spirit communicates to them, and I want you to look at the word, the last name Christ, not only as Jesus anointed, but the Spirit which He sent to set you free. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, I'm gonna be done in ten minutes. This is this is good teaching, and I'm 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 going a lot slower than I wanted to go, but I wanted you to understand that that this process and this problem we don't have nobody talking about this. You, if you don't believe the Bible, you're not saved. You don't, you don't have a clue of salvation, because salvation is affirmed by the Word. And if you don't have a clue of why you saved, then Lord knows you're not going to be able to stand in in the confidence of that proof. And that's what justification is all about. Justification is a part of of the great affirmation we have to show how. We are no longer sinners, but we're saved. We're sons of God. And it is according to the promise. Now, the scripture in Romans 8, you cannot, you cannot manipulate that. What does the scripture say? There's a, there, now there's now, what does it say in Romans 8? Therefore, there, uh, I, I'm trying to quote it. There is therefore. There is therefore. There is therefore. Now, no condemnation. There is therefore. Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus made us free from the law of sin and death. You hear what I'm saying? What was the law? It was the book of the word. It was the word of God. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. So I'm getting lost when I'm trying to go back to this. Listen, and this, and this is why Romans, I told you Romans, one of them books also, we, we talked about this assembly, this assembly, this company. We have a great cloud of witnesses, but they're looking for us to provide the proof that what they died for was worth it. And what we enjoy is not them, but the word that they live by. If he abided me and my words abide in you. You hear what I'm saying? A lot of this has to be realized by the book. By the book. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I know you hear what I'm saying because I know that if you take the time to sit and listen, you're going to you're going to become affirmed in your faith. I got to know the Bible. I got to know the Bible beyond the norm. I got to study to show myself approved under God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but somebody who rightly interprets or rightly divides the word of truth. So our foundation scripture, Psalm 32, verse 2, God removed, blessed is the man whose iniquities are removed, and in his spirit there is no guile or there is no deceit. Hebrews says, without faith is it possible to please God. Romans 10 says, uh, Romans 10 says, for but with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever shall believe upon him shall not be ashamed. First Corinthians one thirty says that, and because of of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became from us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So he became all this stuff. So that Romans three twenty four says. That your justification of that, the, and you are justified by His grace through Jesus as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So John three sixteen says that God loved the world. I read that to you that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then Colossians two verses fourteen uh, tells us by canceling the record of debt that we should stand against. Uh, that should, should have stood against us with its legal demands that he, this, he set aside nailing it what? To his cross. So, so Jesus, and, and this is what we say, justification is a look at the actions that were committed to guarantee our confidence in Christ's ability to convert the sinner to a son. It's that process that helps us affirm who we are, what we have, what we can do. Now, all that was in God's mind after the fall was his love. Let me say this. When when creation was distorted by the fall of mankind, after that, all that was in God's mind was his love. God so loved what he created that he gave his sons. And and God loved the world so much so. Not only did he give his son just to save us, but he gave us son so that we could have a, a life that represents that salvation. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? 
everlasting life. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Not just life, no, not any old type of life, but everlasting life. For life, everlasting and eternal are words that are only attributes of God. So the reason why this justification takes place is because the word, it was in the book. God, God said it. He cannot deny himself. We're going to look more into this and uh, maybe we'll do another week of this and then we'll go back into another lesson. I'm going to be swapping back and forth. But what is the Satan's greatest avenue? Just let you know. He ain't really saved. He wants to make it seem like you ain't really saved. Just don't believe. But I'm here to tell you, if you accepted the word that provoked you to open your mouth and say, I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, you have everything you need to be saved. And you don't need to second guess the work that Jesus did to get you to say that. Amen. This is why this is foundational. This is why we need to talk it. And when we when, when there's an attack on the word of God, we need to stand up and say so. Hallelujah. Now, all that was in God's mind after the fall was his love. If you don't believe that, something wrong with you. And we got to find out why you don't believe that. Because if his love motivated him to give his son to the world so they might be saved, and you don't believe in that love, then you're not going to believe in the Holy Spirit that sheds that love in our hearts so that we can know that we have been sealed by redemption. Hallelujah. Three essential layers to his love. Which provokes faith Faith works by love Which Jesus gives us power to save These are three things And this is the theology of Romans chapter 10 And Romans chapter 5 And, 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 and Hebrews chapter 12 The, the revelation is, is ultimately yields to his love Because faith works by love The scripture says So three things happen One, receiving reconciliation All right a, a, a restored relationship with God. Now, why does this happen? One, the only reason why we can have reconciliation is because we got a revelation of the plan of God. I told you something in the last lesson on on the book, and I'm closing up in two minutes. That that the reason why stuff ain't working with this thing called faith is because we don't believe. Do y'all get what I'm saying? We don't believe in the power of God's love. Right? We don't believe. But we but the reason why is because we don't see, we don't comprehend the plan of God. And I was telling everyone in this in the last lesson, for you to be the church, you gotta comprehend the plan of God. For you to have reconcil receive reconciliation, you have to have a revelation of the plan of God. Right? Then you gotta have to resolve to display the nature of God. Then you have to reflect on the standards which God stipulates through his word. Then you have to re have to have reliance on the spirit of God. And that's what, what will give you a, a, a revolt to, for anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
a revolt against anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What do you do? You cast it down. Every wicked imagination and every hot thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And the reason why that fight is not there is because there's no revelation of your or of you receiving what? Reconciliation. That's my point number one. Your point number one is receiving reconciliation. You got to know you got right standing with God, that God God gave you a relationship that is unbreakable. Number two, you got to rid yourself of sin once and for all. The only way you do that is accept righteousness as the stand. Hallelujah. And then thirdly, you have to release yourself through the free gift of grace. And we are going to talk about grace. But before we go to grace, that grace is a working of faith in its place, but, hey, we got to go through the blood. The process is through the blood, the sprinkler. So so that Hebrews 12 is going to be, is going to really uh, explode in our eyes in the next 12 weeks. <laughs> I'm out of time for first one. Part one was good. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for those things that have been accomplished and revealed. And we trust you, Lord, to continue to do what only you can do, knowing us to hear what you have, what more you have to say to us. And, Father, we just began, we just begun, and we thank you for that privilege to be able to continue in your word. Amen. We praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen.